0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey guys, it's your favorite curly redhead, Mama D, with another episode of Ripples of Healing. Guys, I am excited about being here this morning. I'm excited about another episode, and I am excited about what God is doing in my life and in my family's life as far as the healing journey goes. So I want to start out this morning with a prayer as usual. So, Father God in the mighty name of Jesus, as we come humbly and boldly to thy throne of grace. Lord, we thank you for your loving kindness. Lord, we thank you for your tender mercies. Lord, we thank you for your grace that sustains our life. Lord, we thank you for breath in our lungs. Lord, we thank you that eyes can see, Lord God. We thank you for hands that can feel and legs that can move, Lord God. And Father, I pray for all of those who don't have those as essentials or necessity, Lord God. That you would give them an extra spiritual awareness of your greatness, of your goodness. No matter what our circumstances are, God, you still sit on the throne. Your son Jesus still died for our sins. And because of our lives you have extended your mercy and your grace so that we can live in your goodness that you can bless our lives to see better days that healing is not just for the physical body but it's for the emotions and for the mental state that we're in Lord God and especially for the spiritual state that we're in Lord God Father SOS means for you to come and save our souls heal our bodies heal our minds and heal our lives Father we give all this to you And we believe in faith and we trust you, God, to do the exceeding and the abundant above all that we could ask or imagine or hope for. It is in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, guys, (laughs) I am so happy about being able to be with you this morning. It has been a while. And like I said, I had some things in my life that I had to take care of, and um, I'm in the process of doing just that, but God is still a good God, and He's still a merciful God, and He's a mighty mighty God, because He has been healing as I've been doing this podcast, and so my husband is able to get in his car and drive now. He wasn't even able to do that. I mean, the beginning of this year was horrible. For him and our family, but God is just such a merciful God, and He's such a good Father that He has healed Him physically, He has healed Him mentally, and He's healed Him spiritually. See, we all have to realize that if it wasn't for God, <laughs> and if it wasn't for His Son Jesus Christ dying on the throne for us, where would our lives be? I know, I know where mine's would be. <laughs> uh, and it ain't no place good, because I didn't raise it I wasn't raised in good soil. How about that? I wasn't raised in that good family. I wasn't raised in that two family household. I wasn't raised in the Cosby uh, atmosphere of a family. But God seemed fit because when Jesus came to this earth as a human, he didn't sit with people who had it all together. He sat with people like me. He came to save people like me because only the sick needs the doctor. Only the sick needs the physician. Only the sick and the sinful need Jesus. We need a Savior to save our souls, to put us back together, to make us whole again, because it is not his will that we live this life in pieces. It is not his will that we live our life in shambles all over the place. How is he gonna use us? So he takes that testimony that we have on his goodness and where we came from and where we are now, and he uses that to help others to get to the same light of love that he puts us in. It says in his word that God is love. And they say he just loves. It said God is love. And because of his love, he decided that we were worthy to be in this world. He decided that we are worthy because he created us out of love. Amen. So I thank God that he created us out of love and I thank God for his healing on my family and I thank God for his healing on my husband because he is truly on the road to recovery and look how long it took, it took from January um, to March at this point and it's, every day is getting better, every day is getting better and I thank God for that because he's seeking and praying and worshiping God. Through the test, that's what it says we're supposed to do. Through the test, through the trouble, through the triumph, through the trials of our life, we ought to praise God. No, we don't always feel like worshiping. No, we don't always feel like a song. But that's where our breakthrough comes through, okay? The breakthrough comes in the worship to God. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. So when the praises go up, the blessings come down. When the praises go up, the healing comes down. So let us be mindful that even when we feel like we, like all hell is breaking loose, find that song. Find that Mahalia Jackson song, okay? Find that Dottie People song, all right? Find those songs that your grandmother used to sing and your, and your great-grandmother song and, 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 you know, the, the, the church mother song. Find those songs, those old hymns, you know, I, I love the song, um, Kumbaya, and I was telling somebody that Kumbaya means come by here. So when you hear them, I mean, when I was in church in um, New York City, I went to a Pentecostal church, and we could sing that song for two hours, come by here, Lord, and nobody's ever heard of it. It goes, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, oh Lord, kumbaya, that means come by here, Lord, come by here, somebody's praying, somebody's singing, somebody's sick, Lord, come by here. Come and see about me, God. You know, remember the, the, the other song, Jesus on the main line? Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Or, how about standing in need of prayer? It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Hallelujah. That's right. I remember my grandmother used to sing that song, Somebody Pray For Me. Somebody pray for me. They had me on their mind. They sacrificed their time. They got down on their knees and prayed for me. They had no doubt that God would bring me out that he would change my life and set me free. I'm so glad somebody prayed for me. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have much of a voice, but it didn't say make a pitch perfect sound to the Lord. It said make a joyful noise to the Lord. And as long as you have joy in your heart, it don't matter what you sound like, okay? That's right. So make a joyful sound to the Lord. That was a joyful sound. Yes, God. Yes! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. (laughs) Make a joyful noise to the Lord. So, the topic of my episode today is called Sister, Sister, Brother, Brother. How many of us remember the two most popular TV sitcoms of the 90s? It was Sister, Sister, and it was the 90s sitcom, In Living Color. Now, we all know what Sister, Sister was about. Two sisters who were separated at birth, who came back together through adoption. And um, they had these wonderful mothers and fathers who took care of them and loved them. And, you know, had their best interests at hand. And the sitcom, and Living Color, had a skit on it called Brother, Brother. Remember? The brothers were happy and we, yeah, <laughs> give it a high five. Yes, that sitcom, okay? The brothers. <laughs> These characters portrayed the love and care and relationship between sisters and brothers the way God intended it to be. However, I didn't come for that kind of brotherly or sisterly love that had been portrayed on my television set. And although there were so many more sitcoms where the kind of relationship was seen, was what where seen, I still couldn't relate. I have a sister to which I am three years older and. My reality was very different because my sister and I lived with my mother, a single woman, and my mother was a hard woman because my mother had grew up in such a broken home, and she didn't experience healthy relationships or see healthy relationships in her life, even as a child. Therefore, my sister and I had a very strained relationship growing up, which mirrored my mom and her sister's relationship because my mother had a sister as well. And that mirrored their relationship. My mother also had a brother and their relationship was um, strained as well. So I grew up at a time where ever I went, I had to take my younger sister. You ever had that uh, happen when your sister was younger and we, you know, take her with you? Where you going? Get your sister, take your sister with you. Where you going? Take your brother with you. I went and had to take my younger sister everywhere. Which made my feelings for her resentful. I mean, I'm three years younger than I'm three years older than her, and she was younger than me. You know, we, I was a teenager, so taking her with me was like, Oh my god, I really gotta take this little kid with me everywhere I go. So passed on to us at that time was a lot of brokenness, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment for um for me towards my sister. And as it was for my mother and, my sis- and her sister, because my mother was the youngest of her siblings. And so my mother's sister had to take her everywhere she went, and that was a strain on her as well. However, on my father's side of the family, my grandmother had 10 children, and six of them were sisters, and four of them were, her- were brothers. And since they grew up in a loving, kind home, They were taught just that because my grandmother was a Christian woman and she taught them the Bible. My grandmother taught them how to pray with each other, how to pray for one another. So even when we went to visit my grandmother, all of my aunts lived in the same building, just on different floors and in different apartments. But every time we went up there, we would go visit everyone and the love we experienced was so quite different from what we had and, we, and what we were used to in my house. I just wanted to show the different contrast between our families and how it creates generational curses to be passed on to our children. If we don't take care of that, we don't recognize that, that, you know, I mean, how many of us know brothers and sisters that are speaking to each other, having spoken to each other in years and parents um, pass on and then all of a sudden you're not this you hear that they not talking to each other and they hate each other and they kept it together just cuz mommy was alive or daddy was alive. I think that's horrible. But that's what gets passed on to us sometimes, you know, living in the dimensions that the household dimensions that we're in, you know. So now let's let's look at one of the brothers relationships in the Bible. You know, Cain and Abel. How many of us know about Cain and Abel? For those that don't know, I'm going to just share something with you. So Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were the first parents of the world. And so as the story goes, Cain and Abel, they were giving an offering of their first fruits, of their livelihoods, and of the, um, the, the ground to, the, to, the, to God. And that was their tradition. That was the culture that they lived in. They gave the first fruits. Like we give the 10th. Those of us that um, know this, uh, when we are in church, every week when we go, we give a 10th of our earnings. The first 10th of our earnings to the Lord. Okay, it's called tithing in, in the Christian culture. So we, this is what they were doing. This is where this comes from. And because Cain did not give his best, you know, how we, you, you pay off all your bills and then you give God what's left over, that's not how it's intended to be. And this is how it seemed to, to God, you know. So Cain didn't give God his best, whereas Abel gave God his best. And he gave God extra know, that's his respect to the Lord. So he didn't just give him his tithes, he gave offering as well. And there's a difference between tithing and offering. Tithing is something that in in the Christian culture, we give as a tenth to God. Offering is is something extra that we give. So there's not a a, a denominational number um, on that offering, you know, but out of respect. So, it seemed like Cain... Did not respect God in that way. And uh, it made him jealous because God favored what Abel did. It made Cain very jealous. Okay? Jealous to the point that he invited his brother into the field. Because that's what he did. He, he plowed the fields. And he invited his brother into the field. And when his brother came, he murdered him. And because of this the Lord's consequences to him was that he would be cursed from the earth and the Lord had him cursed from the ground to which he that was his livelihood but but by not letting it produce anything growing for him that's what his curse was and he also wandered he didn't even have a place to stay from place to place because had no home in the land. See, we got to be careful passing on generational curses, passing on generational sins to our children and our children's children. Things that's been passed on from our great grandmothers, great grandfathers, great great grandmothers, great great grandfathers and grandmothers and grandfathers. Our mothers and our fathers passed on to us and then we pass on to our children. We have to recognize it. And ask God, look, Father, I don't want this for my children. I don't want them to grow up angry. I don't want them to grow up bitter. I don't want them to grow up with resentment. I want them to be forgiving. I want them to be loving. Because that's the only way that they won't end up broken and have to go through all that I went through. You know, as as, as parents, we want to give the child our children the best. But let's give our children the best of us as well as giving them the best. Of what we want to give them, um, material-wise, let's give them the best of us, because that's going to help them through their lives. That is going to make them more productive in their lives, you know. And then, and then um, Cain was so like caught off God. I mean, could you imagine that? Caught off God to where he said to God, he complained to him. He was like, "Hey, like this is really more harsh than I can bear. Like this whole, this whole curse." that's been put upon me. But look what he did. It was the consequences of what he did. How many of us have been there? We've done something, and then we have to pay the consequences for it. You know, and the consequences are worse than what the act was. And, and, And it drives us to a point where we can't get it out of our heads, we can't get it out of our minds, and guess what we do? We turn to the thing that um, helps us to, to ease the pain, to numb the pain in our lives. The drugs, the alcohol, the many women having sex, the, whatever whatever binge it is that help us get rid of our pain. The pills, you know, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But that is not God's intention for us. See, our generational curses are so bad, we can't bear the weight of them, you know? it, It becomes something that is in our family tree. And the solution is that we need Jesus to change the situation. Like, how many of us know we need Jesus to change the situations in our life so we can make our lives better? Yes, I'm there with you. And just like that, Cain... He needed Jesus to save him. You know, to destroy the generational curse and sin in his life. And we all need that. I don't know about you, but I do. I need it. So, this is what I'm banking on. That God will give me. That he would give me. And that I would later on reap the benefits of having that done for me and my children and my children's children that later on that thing that held me captive that thing that hurt me that thing that was a part of my family that it destroyed us because look look what i'm going through now not with my sister but i also grew up with my cousins living in the house um with me So my mother's sister was a heroin addict and she had um, six kids at the time. So those six kids lived with us because she, she wasn't able to take care of them. But here it is, the generational curse and sin and strife and anger and resentment that has been passed on to her children. And this is where her children are at. And those that went on to leave this life didn't leave it in a good place. Those that went on to leave this life, they weren't even talking to each other. And so those that are left behind, they're not talking to each other. This is what I'm saying. Building up resentment, building up hatred, building up bitterness, building up unforgiveness. Those things, they rot our soul. They rot our lives. Because we do that in our everyday life. We have broken relationships. We can't keep relationships. We can't even keep friendships because of those things that happen in our lives. You know, my cousins become, uh, their whole um, family dynamic is just dysfunctional. It's so sad, you know, because this is something if they don't do anything about it, it'd be passed on to their children. Because there is no, there is no invitation to Jesus for them for that to be changed, for this generational curse to be destroyed. However, my sister and I prayed and invited Jesus into our situation, and he stopped that generational curse with us. Therefore, our children don't get to inherit what our parents did to us. And this happens because we surrender our lives to Jesus and he forgave us of our sins and created us a new creation and washed us of our past lives. It is so important that we see and recognize that our dysfunction comes from a generation of people that were here before us. And so we need to ask the Lord to show us and we need to ask him to destroy And we need to ask him to come in our lives, and not just for us, but for our children's lives as well. I don't know how many of you um, just pray for yourself, because, I mean, those that have children, we don't just pray for ourselves. It's like living for ourselves, and we have children. We don't do that. You know, a lot of us pray for our children as well. Even if we don't have these dynamic relationships with them, we still pray for them, because we want them to be safe. We want them to be out of harm's way. We want them to prosper in their lives and and for things to be good for them, you know? And for those of us that have those good relationships, we see the the fruit of our relationships with our children. When we have positive relationships, when we have good relationships with our children, we see the fruit of it. When we pray for our children, we see the fruit of it. Even if it, it is not evidence to anybody else When when our children talk about us, oh yeah, oh yeah, they say those positive things. Don't go around saying those little nasty, little negative things. They say positive things about their parents. They say positive things about their mother or father, you know? I still say I am still living in the prayers of my grandmother. Yes, I'm still living in the prayers of my great-grandmother. I love that, you know? I absolutely do. So, like I said, it's so important that we speak to God about the things, you know, that happened in our lives. I mean, let's face it. Jesus came down here, and he endured so much for us. He went to the cross for us, you know, and, and he bared beating. They said that they beat him so bad that the skin came off of his body. They whipped him so bad the skin came off of his body. So he was bleeding profusely. I said, at the, when, when, when they spat on him and they mocked him and they crucified him to a cross, they said they nailed the nail through his hands. And that nail pierced muscle and, and veins and ligaments in his hands. And they did the same for his feet. And I don't know if anybody knows the scientific... Um, the the, the scientific uh, way that this was done but in order for him to hold his body up he had to continue to straighten his legs out while he was hanging which basically is truly impossible but if he didn't he would suffocate because the weight of his body would crush his organs But this is what he did and while he was hanging up there, one of the guards pierced his side. So this is what Jesus did for us on a cross because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever call on him and believe on him shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know anybody else that would give up their only child for anyone else. But God did that for us, for a whole world of people, because he loved us. He is such a good father. He did that because he loves his children, and he wanted to reconcile us back to him because of the great sin that we were in. In John, in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends, which this is what Jesus did for us. I thank God as adults, my sister and I have the, are the best of friends, and we love and honor and respect and take care of one another because we are now both Christians and followers of Jesus Christ. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. And as a result, we pass this down to our children. We pass God's peace. We pass God's love. We pass God's kindness. We pass God's mercy, praise God, to our children. And they get to pass that down to their children. God has allowed me to to give birth to two daughters and two sons. And because of the spirit of the Lord that lives in me and the way that God has changed my life, the direction and the trajectory, of my life, my daughters and my son have been passed down, the inheritance of the kingdom of God for their children and for their children's children. Hallelujah. That in itself is just tremendous. It is absolutely wonderful and I thank God that he changed direction and he changed my direction. God changed my life. He repaired my relationship between me and my sister. He repaired my relationship between him and I. Not only did he do that, but he gave me 50 other women. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? From the family of God who have become like sisters to me. Yes, sisters to me. And I got some brothers in Christ as well who have become like brothers to me. You know, and the wonderful thing about having sisters and brothers in Christ is that these are people that not only do they love you, they pray for you, they encourage you, they take care of you, they pray for your family. Praise God. You know, I do the same for them. I am so blessed being in the family of God. It is truly a great blessing. My God is a better father than I could ever imagine him could be. A better father than I could ever hope for. Because he loves me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The God that I serve sees me for who I am. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. I'm not, I haven't made it. I'm far from it. I don't, I'm not holier than thou. I'm far from it. Far from it. But the wonderful thing about God is that I have this whole lifetime to continue to press toward the goal of becoming better and better every day. My prayer is God, make me a better person than I was yesterday. Make me a better person than I was yesterday because we want God to have the best of us. So when He gives, when we give him the best of us, he gives us the best of him. And that is something that no money can buy. It says he opens up the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing so much that we won't have room for it, hallelujah. So thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And thank you, Jesus, for reconciling me back to my sister and giving me more sisters (laughs) that that truly love me. Let me tell you, these ladies, whoo, you don't want no problems, honey. (laughs) They will bring down the kingdom of heaven on you. Yes, you know, they, they pray earnestly for me and I love them to the moon and back, and the wonderful thing about it is that we'll all get to heaven and still continue to party, because they say, nothing like a Holy Ghost party, you ever heard that? There's nothing like a Holy Ghost party, because the Holy Ghost party don't stop, there's nothing like a party that's the Holy Ghost party, because the Holy Ghost party don't stop, yes, you know? You ever been to church? I don't know how many of us go have to, been to Baptist church or Pentecostal church, but then the organ just get on and they start singing, when I think about Jesus and what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus and how he set me free, I can dance, 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 dance. dance, dance all my, and then the whole church erupts in praise. That's a Holy Ghost party that can last for hours. (laughs) People dancing out their shoes. People dancing out out their stockings. (laughs) People dancing out their jackets. Laying on the floor. Hats flying on the floor. Man, when the presence of God falls in that particular setting, it is nothing like it. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there is fullness of peace. In the presence of God, our situation and our troubles and our storms and our struggles do not exist because the presence of God brings peace in our lives. But we have to remember that the God we serve says, come all to me, that are heavy laden, that are burdened, that are troubled, that are struggling, and I will give you rest Leave your burdens at the foot of my throne of grace and mercy. That's where you want them to be. So God can take care of them. So he can give you peace about them. So he can change them. You want full restoration? Get into the presence of God. You want full healing? Get into the presence of God. There is nothing like it. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you today for such a wonderful time spent with you. I am truly, truly blessed with this podcast, and I pray that you come and seek a word from him, and all those that are in the listening audience, may God bless you, may God keep you, may he show his favor, may, he, may his face shine upon you forever in the day. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Until the next time, God bless you. Have a great day.